Hey, hey, mamas. This is Krista Rialba, and we are in season two. We're going into episode number seven. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. It's been such an incredible journey so far. Thank you so, so much for being here. Now, this entire podcast is all about really giving you this feeling, empowering you with this feeling of, I've got this. So taking all of these tools and these stories and, you know, just relating to all of the women who I'm, you know, bringing onto this podcast and also sharing all of the ins and outs of my journey to really to help you feel that you're not alone, right? And that you really have what it takes to do whatever, whatever you desire and whatever you haven't even dared to dream of yet. Now, our next guest is especially perfect for this podcast because she is the creator of the Mom is in Control podcast. Her name is Heather Chauvin and she speaks so candidly, so honestly, and she's all about you've got this. She is a mom of three boys, hashtag mom of boys, where you at? And she's also a cancer survivor. She is uh, has a really great background in social work. She is a mental health advocate. She has been seen and featured on uh, many different media outlets, including the Huffington Post, the OWN Network, Real Simple Magazine, the Jenny McCarthy Show. Her and I have actually hosted retreats together. We've done a lot of cool collaboration, but it's been a while since her and I have connected. So I am so, so excited to dive into this conversation with her. And I'm just so grateful for her sharing her wisdom, sharing her journey, and leaning in with me and all of you in this little huddle to help you to feel this feeling of, I've got this. So let's go ahead, ladies, let's do this. And also gentlemen, there's a few men listening. Thank you. And thank you for supporting all of the ambitious women in your life. So here we go, guys. Episode seven. I think it's going to be epic. Let's go. All right, here we go. Another amazing episode. I'm so excited, you guys. We have Heather here, Heather Chauvin, and I'm going to have her say a few words because her and I have, we have a little bit of a history. We're just kind of going through the timeline, and I'm so excited to see what's going to come come up and come out on this episode. Um, but Heather, this series, the second season is really about um, introducing the women who I think have so much to offer and to really to help everyone who's listening to up level in every way. And of course, you are on the list. You were top of the list. So I'm so grateful to have you here. Would you share a few words about how you would kind of summarize what you do now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much. I know. How do we summarize? Um, well, one, thank you for thinking of me. What came up for me when you said that is just this idea that I didn't get to where I am today um, by, I don't want to say defaults, but with the intention. I never came into this thinking I was awesome. I came into this because I needed to create what I needed in my life. So um, I'm Heather. Shovey and I create. I'm the founder of Mom is in Control, and so the podcast is called Mom is in Control. But I've been running my business for oh gosh, nine years now, nine almost ten maybe, mm -hmm. and it evolved. It started in the past as 
kind of a passion project from my job. Um, I used to be a social worker working in child protection and really focusing on parenting. And then over time, as I talked to more and more women, it was this evolution of, you know, our children's behavior is here to teach us something. And I truly Mm -hmm. believe that our children are, um, you know, our greatest teachers, but they're having their own spiritual experience as well. And so now really teaching women, like, what is it in you that wants to be born? Like what Mm -hmm. wants to come out into the world? Um, And I'm sure we'll talk about my story through my health crisis and stuff like that, but it's really just helping women feel alive in their lives. And I really want to be a disruptor in the space of motherhood. I don't care who you do, what type of mother you are, if you're stay at home, work at home, work from home, work wherever, whatever you are, if you are a woman that is nurturing and mothering someone or something, mm-hmm. um, I want to be a disruptor in the space to really show you that you can feel alive and energized and fulfilled while wearing this hat. Yes. I'm so happy that you said like, we're all mamas, we're all mothering something and nurturing something. And, um, you and I are, our moms real hardcore right in the, <laughs> right in the mess of it right now with little ones and all of that. But I think that's really important to say because, you know, my podcast is called Ambitious Mama, yours mom in control, but we all want to, you know, as women, we are all the CEOs of our life. It requires ambition and it requires, you know, feeling in control. So I think that's really important what you just said, that we're all moms in some way, shape or form. Um, Now, when I met you, I, th- I think this is my very first memory. Tell me if you remember something I'm earlier. Terrified of what <laughs> it was um, at the yoga loft, and you were teaching kids meditation. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that the first memory? I think probably. Yeah. Now my very first question is: Do your boys meditate? Right now, no. No. Talk to me about that. So when I started my journey, I wanted to teach meditation and mindfulness to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, so my boys are 14, almost 10 and seven. So they're getting older. Um, so it was my 14 year old when he was around four, I started noticing like aggression, like anger, anxiety, um, But really, as I was digging deeper, it was me not knowing how to control those emotions. Mm -hmm. So of course, he's still having a human experience. He, we all have anger, we all have anxiety, we all have all these, you know, big feelings. But I didn't know how to control them in my own self. So my go-to was like, he needs to learn meditation. And then Mm -hmm. that's how I came to teach your kid to meditate. That was my first product that I ever created. And as I was teaching this, I realized that parents were coming up to me and saying, did you fix my child yet? Did you solve the problem? And I was Mm -hmm. like, there's actually nothing wrong with your child. It's just learning how to co-create our life with our children. Mm -hmm. So when I started this process, it was like part of our bedtime routine and all of those things where now I practice it every day and in many different ways. Um, all three boys are very different. Um, the actual, the funny part is, is I got one of those, have you seen those muse headbands? Well, I was watching your stories yesterday. That was the first I've ever seen of it. Okay. So I'm going to be interviewing the co-founder, the founder like next month or something. So they sent me one of these headbands and they're like, they're a good investment. But the nice thing is, is like biofeedback. So as I'm having this headband on my head, 
it's called Muse, M-U-S-E. Um, mm-hmm. I think their Instagram is like Choose Muse or something. And I've heard of it forever. But as I'm having it on my head, the point is you can hear like nature, like rain. And if you don't have headphones in, like everybody around you can hear it. There's an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like an EEG. And so it's like, you know, got the little things on your head. And so if I'm not paying attention and I'm all over the place, it's like thunderstorms. Okay. But if I'm like focusing on my breath and really like coming into my body, you can hear birds chirping. So I put this thing on Felix, our seven-year-old, and like birds were chirping the whole entire time. And then I put this on my 10-year-old and actually didn't really fit his head that well. And so when we started it, like there wasn't many birds and then he had to like go into it. So my point is our children are programmed to be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. you know, the birds, he's like, he can be present in the moment. It's our frustration with not understanding these big emotions. So the more I learned emotional intelligence, the more Mm I, um, I was teaching it myself and it's like intuitively I could just parent differently. Mm -hmm. Um, so to answer your question, long answer to your question, do my boys meditate sometimes, but it is not something that I am controlling them to do. Mm -hmm. It's them watching me and going, what are you doing? But more importantly, by me meditating and creating a mindful space and environment, it totally, um, it drastically affects their vibration too. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to get them to do anything. It's about me doing it and leading by example. Okay. Well, you, you, you referred to emotions like anxiety, as big feelings, right? And I, I love, I was just listening to a podcast like on the way from Windsor back home and they were saying the same thing. They're like, forget about it, calling it anxiety and everything else and all the labels that we give emotions. Like when your child's losing it, just say like, okay, you're having some big feelings right now, right? And it's like giving them the per- permission to express them and the tools to self-regulate. Mm-hmm. or the tools to come back to present, right? Yeah, but there's nothing you, wrong with them. No. And if you tell a child there's something wrong with you for feeling that way, yeah. that's why I'm not a fan of like um, timeouts. No. Like sometimes I think, yeah, we all need a timeout because we need space to breathe and do whatever. But if it's like, you're doing something wrong, now go sit over there, you're bad. Mm-hmm. The child is internalizing oh, what I'm doing right now is not appropriate. Therefore, I need to stop doing it because when I do it, I get in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to like stop feeling angry. I'm going to stop feeling anxious and I'm just going to do it in the privacy of, you know, where no one can see me. And then that's where Mm -hmm. we get shame around our feelings. Mm -hmm. And I do this with adults all the time. Like women who I'm working with, I'm like, what do you want in your life? Mm -hmm. And they're just like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm like, why? And they're like, I'm so afraid. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what has your relationship been to fear? They're like, that it's a scary thing and you don't go there. We're now, I mean, I have a whole different relationship with fear, but um, now my fear is a co-creation. I sit there with it and I'm like, what are you here to tell me today? Mm-hmm. And like, I talk to it and I podcast about this before I said, cause I have three boys. I'm like, this is the fourth child that nobody knew I had. We all have this inner child, not, not just our little child, but these big emotions. So if I'm about to send an email that scares the crap out of me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die if I send this email. No, I'm not. Like, it's just, it's ramping you up. So now I get really excited 
when mm-hmm. I get really scared or nervous about something, I know That's I'm it. on to something. Yeah. So those big feelings like anger, anxiety, fear, um, all of these things lead me closer to myself. And too often people get it and then they panic and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm anxious. Oh my gosh, I had a really bad day. And I'm like, congratulations, you're human. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that's you and I definitely, and every entrepreneur that is, you know, on this road, we have to embrace fear. And we have to understand that when we feel that, that's a really exciting sign that we're getting close to something that's going to, to help us to grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, I learned that very, very early on. I'm so grateful for that lesson from one of my earlier mentors. And it brings me to like the talk with Mel Robbins, where it's like, she talks about like the science of the brain and how we don't really know the difference between fear and excitement or something yeah, like so that. Label it as excitement. You're like, I'm getting so excited. Yeah. woo! <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So then would you say that if, so mom's in control, if mom feels calm and grounded and feels happy, how does that affect the rest of the family? Okay. So the funny thing is, is I was never attracted to the name mom is in control. Mm -hmm. And I was doing target market research when I was working with a mentor and she was helping me. She's like, okay, you now need to interview like five women who are mothers and these aren't necessarily people you're already working with. And I was like, okay, I did all my target market research. And she goes, Heather, everyone wants to feel in control. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's, that's it. That's your brand. Mom is in control. And I was like, oh, gross. That sounds so masculine and controlling. And even to this day, I'm not in love with it. Like I'm writing mm-hmm. a book and they're like, oh, the title needs to be mom is in control. And I'm like, fuck no, it is not going to be mom is in control. Yeah. So when And the funny thing is, because I've asked people like, how'd you find me? They're like, I Googled mom control because they feel out of control. So Mm. they come to the podcast and they realize, and I tell them right away, guys, this is nothing about controlling your external environment, but that is a symptom that something internally is off. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to control your child's behavior, sit here, do that, put your shoes on. We got to go. Let's go. Eat this. Don't do that. That's controlling. Mm-hmm. They need to listen to me. That's controlling behavior. My husband needs to. That's controlling behavior. Come back to yourself. What is it about that? Like it's all internal self-awareness. If you're not willing to look within, you're not going to understand this concept. If you're willing to look within, everything externally is going to feel a lot easier, even though you're still going to have resistance. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not calm 24 hours a day. I'm not all of these things, but like, I can't tell you the last time I yelled at my kids. I cannot tell you the last time I raised my voice. It's things happen. And I just know exactly why they're happening now. Like my kids lose their mind all the time. And I, it doesn't rattle me as much as it used to, because I'm doing the inner work. This Mm -hmm. has taken me years and years and years to get, but here's the thing. People don't want to focus on themselves. They just want to change the external environment. So I'm looking at my kids and I think when I'm calmer, when I'm more in control of myself, my life, my purpose, my everything, the way that I show up for my child is completely different. Mm -hmm. We've all seen people just think outside of ourselves right now. A woman who seems to look confident, look in control, look like she's standing in her power. And then you have that frazzled woman 
who can't keep her shit together, is all over the place. When you're in her energy, she's like crazy. Like, and when I say crazy, I don't mean literal crazy. It's very like manic, crazy, all over the place energy. It's not focused. It's not grounded. Mm-hmm. We can feel that. So imagine a child who's coming into that energy. Mm-hmm. And when you're frantic, when you're chaotic, when you're all this, the child is just eating up that energy. They're going mm-hmm. to take that on. And mm-hmm. so I'm a big fan of one, we are our own being having our own human experience. Our child is their own being having their own human experience. It doesn't necessarily mean that their behavior is a reflection of quote unquote, my bad parenting. What it means to me is that I'm a leader and I can co-create this life with my child. Mm -hmm. And when I become unattached and emotionally look back and go, what are they challenged with and how can I be of service to them? Mm -hmm. It's a completely different energy than me needing to manage them or manage their behavior or outcome because I'm afraid or I feel inadequate. Mm, So important. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Cause as soon as something goes wrong, I think both parents are like, what did I do wrong? How did we screw up? Oh my God. Right. Yeah. We make and- it about ourselves. It's so egotistical. It's like, yes. stop. If, if it was someone else's child, you wouldn't say, what did I do wrong? You would say, what does that child need? Yes. And that's what we need to do to our children. We need to stop pretending like people say doing anything for yourself is selfish. I'm like, do you realize how selfish you are being by not putting yourself on your to-do list? Like stop using the excuse that you don't have time or it's selfish or blah, blah, blah. you're taking away from other people because you've actually been taking away from that child every second that you choose them over yourself because you are like running ragged and that is not serving them. I wish the listeners could see how enthusiastically I'm nodding my head. <laughs> Like, yes, that is it right there, right? And it's like, if we're not, if we, if we have not taken care of ourselves and our bucket is completely empty and dry by the time they get off that bus, we did not do them any favors. Well, Krista, you know my story. Like I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer in 2013. Mm. And previous to that, so my youngest was a year old. I was still breastfeeding. I was building my business. And I bought into the hustle mentality because I knew I, one, I was terrified. So I was driven by fear. I was driven by not wanting to become a statistic. I was driven by the fact that I knew I was in a job that I could not stay at for 30 years. Um, driven by the fact that we had no money, like N-O money, no money, Mm -hmm. living paycheck to paycheck. And so my fight or flight response was crazy. So you could imagine what that does to your body and your immune system. Mm -hmm. And then to tack that on, (coughs) I didn't know how to create this balance. And I don't use that word lightly because I think it's a stupid word, but Mm -hmm. this balance or sustainability where I could go after building something while taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I just took action and took action and took action and got huge pats on the back for it. And then I was so sick and neglected. And I just, and then I showed, they're like, Heather, you have cancer. I'm like, well, now I need to reverse engineer everything. And so, Mm. I mean, people are just terrified to slow down. But once I Mm -hmm. slowed down and started running my business from that place, Mm -hmm. I said no to things that weren't in alignment. And I, you know, stood in my power and I was like, energetically, people aren't charging, you know, people aren't showing up when I'm charging them a hundred dollars. So now I'm going to charge them a thousand dollars. And they started seeing results because 
it was they were more committed. I could then be more focused for them because um, I didn't have as many people. And things started to shift and change. And so just rewiring again from the inside out. Mm, beautiful. Let's circle back to the emotional intelligence piece for a second. And because I know that some of the moms who are listening are like, oh crap, I totally yell at my kids and I don't want to. And it's like, you know, you, you're calm and collected and you're doing all of the conscious mom things. And then all of a sudden it just snaps. <laughs> so, and I'm also speaking for myself too. It's like, I have all the tools, but sometimes, you know, one of my sons in particular will just, he is desperate for a reaction mm-hmm. because he wants to pull me in. So what would you say in terms of, of the, the, the tools in terms of, you know, all is well when you're kind of on the outside looking in, but when you're in the, the, the heat of it all, what do you do? So I love this question because everyone always asks, what do you do in the moment? Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you haven't been practicing everything before the moment, it's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we have choices on how we want to communicate and the actions that we take. Remember, you're constantly manifesting. Like I can choose to yell. Of course, if your body is in a fight or flight response, you're probably going to go to yelling and then you're going to feel ashamed and guilty and all of this stuff. But my middle son is probably the most challenging um, emotionally. This morning, for example, he looked at the clock and realized that it was probably about 30 minutes later than he expected. Mm-hmm. And so I knew, I was like, here we go. And so he got incredibly anxious. And when he's anxious, it's everyone in the house knows it. And so here he is having a panic attack because he didn't eat his breakfast and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and he's a rule follower. So I'm like, it's a fine, like, just keep going, like get dressed. And then he's like, my socks don't feel good. Meanwhile, we've, we've done all the pre-planning you could possibly do. And the night before he got his clothes, but all of a sudden the clothes don't fit and the socks aren't good. So here I am in the moment and I'm just like, you are not going to lose it, Heather. You are not going to lose it. So something I talk about is like red, green, and yellow zones. Mm. So in the red zone, my child's in the red zone. I don't need to join him in the red zone. But typically what people do is they try to solve their problems in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to talk to the child like, don't talk to me like that. Calm down, blah, blah, blah. When you and your child are in the red zone, you can't solve any problems. So I just shut down communication. I'm like, okay, we're in crisis. Like it is like do or die. It is not time to like solve all these problems and go, you know, and if you don't stop, I'm going to take this away from you and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, let them go. Let them, let that emotion process through their body. Because if you are like literally putting more fuel on the fire, it's just going to get bigger. Mm -hmm. So I sit back and I'm just like, cool get angry, do whatever you want. I'm just going to make sure everyone around you is in a safety zone (laughs) and that's it. And then I'm asking myself, what do I need to do after his tantrum is complete? Mm -hmm. And then I need to go for a walk or I need to do whatever. But the number one thing is to like not react. And you know what? You can react internally, but not projecting your like your your, um, discomfort onto your child. It's like, Mm -hmm. I will sit with my, like, I want to punch you in the face right now, Mm -hmm. but I won't say that out loud. I just sit, bite my tongue. And I'm like, let's just get through this. Let's just get through this. And then when it's done, I'm like, what happened? Well, one, he didn't know what time it was. Great. Now 
you know, next time I'll be like, Hey, you have 30 minutes left. Right. So it's like, why did that happen? So always reflecting on why did it happen and what can you implement next time to make, to avoid it. And then maybe Mm -hmm. it might happen 10 more times, but every single time you're learning something else that you can implement. Absolutely. And I also love what you were saying too. And with this emotional intelligence piece, it's like, if you were to come to me as a friend and said, like this happened this morning and then I reacted like this and you were feeling like, you know, whatever I would from the, that's what emotional intelligence is to me. It's like, it's like someone is telling me if I can look at my own reality as if, as if a friend is telling me what happened to them, it's a, it's a slight detachment, but you're still super invested in helping them find the solution without the emotional charge. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes you're so in it. You're like, I feel like crap. I'm the worst person ever. And I'm like, okay, stop with your pity party. Yes. Now what? Now what can you do next time about it? So Mm -hmm. I just had this conversation with a woman this morning because she was, we had a group call and she was playing the victim. So there's something I talk about like a drama triangle and she was playing the victim. She's like, poor me. My husband was sick this week. You know, all the kids were sick and I couldn't do what I needed to do. And I was like, poor you. I'm like, you know how many like single moms are out there who don't have any help or support and they still like build empires. Mm -hmm. Like I get it when you're in the beginning phases, it's really hard and you need to be very strategic on what you're focused on. I said, but you showing up and playing the pity party game, that's not empowering. I said, so Mm -hmm. what do you need today? And then, so she got out of it and she was like, And then she got some momentum and then we came up with a solution. And I said, do you see how when your brain goes to that, you're not in a empowered, proactive mode. You're just going down this rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Too often we're in these rabbit holes and we're like, poor me, my life sucks. And I'm like, great, what are you going to do about it? And Mm so I'm not saying that from a place of like, um, like, Uh, what am I trying to be like rude or anything? I'm like, listen, I believe in your capability to feel in control of your life. And like you're saying, this emotional intelligence is like, what are you going to do about it next time? Mm -hmm. Because too often people will say, what do I do? This happened. And I'm like, I'm not in your home. You, if anybody, you are the guru of your child. You are the expert of your relationships. Co-create this experience with other people. Mm -hmm. And so- yeah, it's not asking for da- validation or we're coming from such places of lack, validation, mm-hmm. seeking acceptance because our core basic human needs are not being met. Mm-hmm. And that's why I come back to putting yourself on your to-do list. Maybe I have going for an hour long nature walk without my phone. Maybe that has nothing to do with my business or parenting. And some will say that's not productive. But when I come back and my cup is full and I'm on it and I can be so much more for my clients and my business and everything else, and that's going to make me a millionaire, what, tell me why that's not a business strategy. Tell me why that's not a parenting strategy. So it just, I think we need to stop pretending that we know the right way and be more open to learning from people who have already become who you desire to be. Mm, Love it. Two important questions you said there, just to summarize. It's, it's, you have to ask yourself, what do I need? Fill that cup, right? And the next thing is, what can I do? <laughs> but at first you have to do, but what do I need? You can't do, what do I do if you are completely feeling blah and broken? Yeah. So what do you need to feel better? And then what can you do? Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So like that, that order is really so simple. If people can take that and say, okay, it's that self-care in a nutshell. But it's what like, you what do I like, need? What are you going to do? That's yeah. where the magic happens because, yes. and in my brain went to how we're seeking these things in relationship. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, Krista, I was like, I need a friend right now. And I text you and you don't get back to me because you're living your life, right? How annoying would that be if you were like, I have to respond to every message that comes in on the basis. If you have people that are like, well, I need you to be that person for me, Krista. You're going to be like, I'm trying over here to be that for myself and everybody else. So we're seeking that too much from our children and our partners mm-hmm. and everybody else. And you have to like put it back mm-hmm. on yourself and go, what am I seeking from this relationship? Connection. Great. What does connection mean to me? How can I fill up my own cup? It doesn't mean that you don't need that relationship, but when you come from it from such a stronger, more powerful place and you're like, you're, you're, you're a bonus. You don't, Mm -hmm. I don't need you to feel alive and on purpose. And that's what Mm -hmm. I was doing to my kids. Parenting was my purpose, like my life purpose. So then my son went to school when he was four or five. And I was like, I was going to sleep all day. I had no idea what to do with myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is the most lonely feeling I've ever felt. Mm. And I'm like, I can't seek purpose from my mothering. I have to seek it from something else. So then I did that in my business. And then I had to do the same thing. My business was gone or I take a week off or something. I go, what do I do with myself when I'm not mothering and when I'm not in business? Shit, I need to fill myself. It all comes back to you. Yes. That's like the, that's the tweetable. That's the moment we have to highlight right there. That is everything. And the, the thing is, is like to, to the moms who are, you know, full-time stay-at-home moms, it's like there's, there's so much work to be done. That is, you don't necessarily need to create a business. But what you're saying is so important because if all of the purpose is wrapped up in there, what happens when the, even with the best parenting in the world, our children still make choices that we wouldn't have hoped for them, then we feel like a failure. I'm imagining, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I don't have teenagers yet, but I'm imagining, right? And also it's like, eventually, you know, they will leave our nest and uh, then what, right? So I think it's so important what you're saying. So I think whether it's a hobby or something, that there's a lot of ways to fill your purpose cup. Purpose cup? Is that a thing? <laughs> I like a purpose cup. I like that idea. I Here's the thing too. I did not get into, I, if I had to write, well, I'm writing a book, but I will not write this book, but it would be like the accidental entrepreneur or something because I did not even know entrepreneurship was a thing when I got into it. And I don't know how people actually build businesses without personal development. I don't know how they no do way. it. I have no idea. Uh, and without like food, nutrition and like working out. Cause I, I would lose my mind. Yeah. Um, but here's, here's the crazy thing. When I got sick and I looked at my husband and I said, we need to come up with a thousand dollars a week so that I can like get vitamin C infusions. And he looked mm-hmm. at me and he's like, we can't afford it. And I was like, everything crumbled in front of me. All the beliefs that I had, like he knew what he was doing with money and he knew it was like, I was putting my power in his hands. And I thought, yeah. 
I don't need to build a business for a state of purpose. I also need to build a business so that I can make money. Like I want every cup in my life to be full Mm -hmm. because if he can't fulfill that, it's like looking in hindsight, I just realized how much lack and sense Mm -hmm. of I'm not enough penetrated every area of my life. And then I was like, oh shit. Like when it was right in my face, I had to do something about that. So of course I look out in the world and I'm like, everybody's just living in a state of lack going, oh, I don't, I just need enough. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do if, yeah, I don't know, something small happens to you and why can't, so I'm very driven by impact and, and purpose and how I can make an impact. So I'm like, the more money I make, the more I can give away. Simple mm-hmm. as that. The mm-hmm. more money I make, the more I can make a difference. Like to be able to write a check and just give it to somebody and go, literally, that is, it does not even affect me. Mm-hmm. And if somebody would have gave me that check when I was sick, I would have been like, oh my gosh, you just changed my life. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's like, you got to dig deeper. We have to stop telling ourselves that fine is okay. Mm-hmm. And that to be a mom, you need to chronically be exhausted and overwhelmed and all of these things. And kind of like what you were alluding to, you don't need to necessarily start a business, but if you're like, I am fulfilled in so many areas of my life. Great. Be that, do that. But if you're lying to yourself, you need to explore that. Mm-hmm. Oh girl, there's so many moments I'm going to have to highlight from this episode. Okay. Now we're we, like, we could literally talk for two more I hours. I love this um, but I do want to visit in our little time machine uh, oh, <laughs> back to the the beautiful work you did with Dove back way back when with the girls and self esteem. Mm-hmm. That was some powerful stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike did the uh, video. Yeah, and Mike and I were just reminiscing, and he was actually like welling up even thinking about Aww. a few of those moments. Right, like you really impacted those young girls. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned, what you learned in that journey? I don't know how long you worked with that demographic, but it was really powerful. Oh my gosh. I actually, I miss that stuff. Like I want to go back to it. Um, I just don't have the capacity to do it right now, but I think like one day I'm going to have like a team or something and we're going to do more of those. So Dove, everyone knows what Dove is, the brand, and they had like a self-esteem campaign. And so Amy Mullins and I decided to uh, collaborate and create these camps. I have no idea. Like one day she sent me a random email, didn't even know who this woman was. And she was like, I heard we need to connect. And I was like, okay. And so we started to create these camps and it was all about self-esteem. And I have no idea what we were doing, but we just did like pretty much personal development for girls. And I, one girl that's coming to mind, um, first, oh yes, yes, yes. So one of these, oh my gosh, there's so many, but one of them, uh, so some of the, the nice thing was, is there would be kids that their parents would be like, I want you there. Mm -hmm. And then there would be kids that would have never been granted this opportunity. And we connected with like local organizations to get them there. Mm -hmm. So you have a room full of half and half privileged and unprivileged. Right. And them interacting with each other, not knowing each other, they weren't from the same school or anything, all having the exact same issues, all having Mm. the exact same limiting beliefs, right? But there was this one girl and she had cuts on her arm Mm. and I could see them. And um, I knew what she was doing. She was using self-harming behavior and I knew nothing of her background or whatever. And I walked up to her one day and I just put my hand on her arm. Like this makes me want to cry. And I looked in her eyes and I said, I see you you're safe. 
no judgment. And I literally walked away and she bawled her eyes out. And I was like, you're not in trouble. Mm -hmm. I see you because you're trying to talk to the world. You're trying to show us that you're struggling inside and everybody has been labeling you. Everybody has been telling you you're not enough and you're just screaming out for attention. And here you have physical, we can see this, but what people do is they react, they get scared, they start to go in fight or flight mode and then she doesn't feel safe because they put her on lockdown or they pop pills in her mouth or whatever it is. And so I think the core of doing that work was just seeing these girls for who they were in that moment and also realizing like I could see myself in every young woman. Mm -hmm. And I just knew like one, they have a whole world ahead of them. But if I could just give them one little gem of like, hang on, don't let go and just remember who you are. It gets better. Mm, so good. I wish that every young girl and boy could go through that experience because as adults, we're just trying to undo what was done at that age. Yeah. Right. I want, okay. I want to like recreate it so bad. And it took so much work and so much oh, effort yeah. that, um, I'm sure it will happen one day. I'll get some grants or something. We have to but, dig up that video. Oh, I, <laughs> I think I know where it is, but I, oh yeah, it was so magic. So magical. Oh my gosh. Okay. So girl, I'm sure you have lots to do. And I, and I, this episode can't be three hours, but I really want it to be. <laughs> but for everyone who's, who's, who's tuning in and maybe meeting you for the first time, probably a lot of People have already heard of you as well because we have a lot of mutual connections. But what, what can we do? Like, what can we have women do right now? So right now we're going into December, well, depending on when they're listening to this. But let's imagine that when they're listening to this, they're like, okay, I'm ready to make some changes. And they're seeing you and I out there, you know, living this, these big, bold lives. And they just feel like, where do I even start? Yeah. Where can we encourage them to start? So don't compare someone's chapter 50 to your chapter one. Mm -hmm. That's number one. I can definitely see it now that I'm further down the road, but I remember being at a chapter one and going like, and judgment, right? Like judgment coming out and insecurities. Um, but whoever you are inspired by, like use it as inspiration of like, I can't wait to get there rather than, mm. um, oh, must be nice. Because as soon as you're saying must be nice, you know that you're in lack mindset. So I always talk about breadcrumbs and utilizing what's in front of you right now. When I started, I cannot, oh my gosh. When I started, I was working my job and I'm like, I want to teach kids to meditate. I literally went to 10,000 villages and I didn't even want to pay for rental space because I didn't know if anyone was going to show up. And I, four kids showed up and I just meditated with them for 30 minutes and just start somewhere, start with that little breadcrumb and then it will lead you to the next one. And I remember being in that space and AM 800 walked in to interview 10,000 villages because the guy had like a little voice recorder and something inside of me said, go ask him to interview you. So listen to the voice inside of you. So I walked up to him and I, I was like, do, do, do on his shoulder. <laughs> 
And he's like, hello, who are you? And I was like, you need to interview me. Boom. So you need to take bold action. And he did interview me. Of course he did. did. Right on the spot. And I had no idea what I was going to say. And it was on, and then it was on the radio. And so my point is take, listen to yourself, listen to that little voice and take the next step. Don't worry about the five-year plan. Just take the next little baby step. And I have done that again and again and again. And it always gets me to the next step and the next step. And then one day you're going to look back and go, oh my gosh, like look how far I've come because there's so many little steps to get to the bigger ones. It's really amazing, especially right now when everyone's doing the 2009 and the 2019, you know, before and afters. It's I don't even want to look at <laughs> Like even just from back at the yoga loft, I, I wish I could just, you know, take a little time machine and go there because you and I've grown so Remember much. Remember we almost had an office together? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that chair that I bought from uh, Value Village that smelled like old people. The coach that I bought is right here. Oh my God. Oh it's my this God. beautiful, like antique thing that is really, it's just collecting like the kids' oh stuffies gosh. right now. <laughs> but, but before we hit record, I said to you, I'm like, listen, we didn't know what we were doing. Like you were, in, you were doing your own thing. I was doing my own yeah. thing. It was like, hey, let's collaborate. And it just happened to work at that time. Mm-hmm. And then we would collaborate. And then I'd be like, okay, what are you doing? What I'm doing? I'm like, okay, well, we're kind of like, going in different areas now. Yeah. Great. So people come into your life, you come out, you come in. It's like you, yeah. you have your touch points and connections mm-hmm. and just, but we took action. We were like, I don't know what we're doing. We have people asking for this. So let's create it together. And then it's like, you just have to try and stop looking for the freaking template because there mm-hmm. is no template. I've never looked at a fucking template for anything anything. I will ask people, can I see what you've done? And then I take from that what feels good and works, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever looks the same. Absolutely. Take imperfect action, action, take messy action, fail forward. Like all those cliche things, all those things. Like, I don't even know what, what like failing. I'm sure I fail all the time, but it's never registers like that. Like, you know, and I know you have the same thing going on there. So let's just keep on, keep it on and lighten up the world. I'm so, so grateful for spending this time with you and, and maybe I can have you on again. Yeah. We have to catch up in like the real time. I know. Oh my God. I had, do you have a picture of when your your hair was short, 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 short and you're holding baby Marcus. That's my my little guy. So he was just born. So that must've been like you know, four, four and a half years ago. Oh my gosh. Is that five years ago? I don't know. But anyways, I'm so grateful for our journey together, Heather. And I wish you so much abundance to finish off this year and even a more magical 2020. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Thanks, Heather. We'll talk soon. We have that tea date really soon in person. (laughs) Okay. Yay. Oh my gosh. What did you guys think? I want to know. I want to hear from you. I always get so excited after each episode because I'm like, 
what did they think? What was their takeaways? Like, did you have the same takeaways as me? I want to hear from you. So message me on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, hop on into the Facebook group where the after party is and where you can also access me to ask any questions. You can also ask any questions to the guests that I have on. Um, so head on over there. The link is in the show notes. Also, make sure you go check out heatherchauvin.com to see what events she has going on. Um, she has a retreat coming up all the ways to work with her. And thanks again for your time for being here. And thank you again to our guest, Heather Chauvin. This is the Ambitious Mama podcast. Please help me spread the word so we can help moms everywhere. Thank you for being here, you guys. We've got this. You've got this. Have a great day. 